You're listening to Talks from the Apostolic Joanite Church. Standard Bible and Leviticon kind of side by side. Um, I've taken it verse by verse, and so each verse has its own cell, has its own its own row. Um, where there is something different, it is highlighted in Leviticon. Um, so we start off right at the beginning, verses one through three. I'll read the King James and I'll read the Leviticon. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not a thing made that was not that was made. So that's the King James. In the Leviticon, that same little chunk reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and God was the Word. This one was with God at the beginning. That's it. So the part that's missing is all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was not made. So this is kind of typical of a Leviticon difference, that there is either a word or a half a sentence missing, or in a lot of cases, a whole verse just kind of missing. Uh, what I am hoping to do with this exercise, and not necessarily here today, but I'm hoping to eventually come to a point where I understand what the theology of the Leviticon is specifically in contrast to the theology of the Gospel of John, or I should say the theology of the primitive Gospels uh, as opposed to the canonical Gospels. Uh, is it possible? I don't know. <laughs> and, and you probably have an opinion on that. But uh, anyway, so let's jump right in. Does anybody have any thoughts on the differences here in this first three verses? I'll start. Actually, I'll tell you what I think. Uh, <laughs> because, yeah. Um, the, the part that is talking about creation, in the, in the canonical gospel, we, we're talking about Christ's role in creation. Uh, all things were made by him, and without him, not anything was made that was made. The, the elimination of Christ from the creation part of this, because this is the only cosmology in John's Gospel. This is it. Um, now, was this one of those sections that was illegible and, and eliminated? I, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. So, the the idea of, if you look at it from a Gnosticism point of view, which obviously I do, um, the Christ figure is never explicitly part of the creation story. So maybe this is a reflection of that. Maybe this is a, a kind of Gnosticizing influence in the gospel, in the primitive gospels. Uh, well, I, I think it's, um, I don't, I mean, not to contradict you, but no, no. I think, yeah, point. it's yeah, definitely that is a Gnostic way of looking at it um, because Christos just means the anointed so yes but more importantly um, where they're receiving their information and their ideas about um, the high Christology and the origins of the universe are platonic so mm -hmm. it's a Platonist statement right. because there's well the right one, and they're, they're the saying one. logos there instead of yeah right it's the, you know and God was the word so God was the, the Logos. So clearly, the Logos is an emanation. 
non-demiurgical logos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, I, I, I meant to point out in the first verse, the, the reason why it's highlighted is because there's a, a substantial enough word change to, to highlight it, but it, I don't think it changes the meaning necessarily of what's happening in that thing. That's just something that I did. I, if, there was, if there was a significant enough difference that the words were different enough that, that it, I thought it very highlighting. Yeah, so um, there are lots of things in here where the words are different, like for example, the word magician, which gets used a lot uh, for Jesus in this gospel. I didn't necessarily highlight those because I think that's just a colloquialism, essentially. It's not really a, something that's intended to change the meaning of the text. Yeah. Or it could be. Yeah, uh, well, as opposed to sorcerer. Sorcerer, would, yeah. Would yeah, right. Okay, and so here's one that's, I think, just a little little bit of a change, but worth mentioning. Uh, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, parenthetically, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Um, and then the Leviticon says, he was made flesh and lived among us, and we saw his glory, a glory as an only son of the Father, full of, full of grace and truth. And. Yeah, as an only <laughs> son of the Father, implying that there are more than one son of the father. Uh, <laughs> um, interesting. I, I don't know if we necessarily need to discuss that one because we were short on time. Okay, so that's the first gospel. Yeah, how so? Go ahead and capitalization too and I preserved that for your trip. Now some of the capitalization I preserved exactly the way it was except for um, things that in 
in French are normally not capitalized than they are in English. Just yeah. so you are clear on that one. Which, uh, which is normally capitalized? Not capitalized. Not capitalized. And and it, it is, is in English. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Right, right. But I try to keep everything else the same. Mm -hmm. Father, for the um, for these differences in the, in the opening verses, is is your personal theory of the Leviticon is an early Gnostic redaction of the Gospel of John floating around? Or is your is your personal theory that the, the Leviticon is the first version of Gospel of John written down? Uh, I will tell you at 12.20. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just wondering because famously the, the opening verses of, of John are thought to be, uh, uh, one theory is that, is that it's an independent hymn. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Stay tuned. Okay. I'll, I'll tease you with that. <laughs> Come back with it later. All right. Oh, here we go. This is going to be a problem. Just a pause. Still calling ourselves. I don't know. It's probably the Wi-Fi here. Uh, okay. All right. Here we go. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith to you, do it. Okay. So this is the the story of the wedding at Cana. Um, Jesus is about to perform a miracle. Okay, he's about to perform his first miracle in his ministry, the turning of the water into wine. Um, those, those two lines, I think, are very significant in their absence in, in the Leviticon. Um, the Leviticon says, and now the wine ran out. The mother of Jesus said to him, they do not have any wine at all. Skips directly to the miracle. He does it. And he does it as a magical act. So let's actually jump down also a, a, a little bit. Uh, there were six stone pots in this place containing about two or three measures. Jesus said to them, fill the pots with water and bring them closer to me, and they filled them to the top. And having touched the water, which is added in Leviticon, it does not exist in the canonical uh, Gospels, he said to them, you can now carry them to the head waiter, and they took them, and it's wine. Miracle, okay? So, um, I, I view this as... Um, no, and I'm not going to get to 1220. Um, <laughs> I view this as in 2.4 and 2.5, 2.4 and 5, in the King James Version, or in the, in the canonical versions, um, I see this as an addition. Um, I see a, a, lot of these, a lot of these things that are missing in Leviticon, quote-unquote missing in Leviticon, I see as additions in later versions. I think it would be, I think it could very well be possible that somebody took a canonical version of the Gospel of John and did some very selective editing in a way that was coherent. Um, I think that somebody with some skill in textual criticism could certainly do that, uh, but I don't, I don't think that's the case here. Um, so here's, here's an example of that where in the canonicals it seems as though there is explanatory addition um, that would have made it more palatable maybe. I don't really know much about the, the culture of the time. Um, you know, so there's kind of an explanatory bit. There are better examples of it coming up. So uh, the, bear with me. The, there's stuff in the canonical gospel that, I mean, there's lots of things to point to to say that the gospel was written for Greeks or to a Greek audience because they turn around and explain Jewish things that would have been common right. to but a Jewish the, audience that would have needed no explanation. Right, yes. Right? And those are also present in Leviticon. 
um, rabbi, which means teacher, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and so there, it's in there. But the interesting bit about having touched the water does not exist in the canonicals, but does in Leviticon, I believe may have been removed because it seemed a bit like magic, which, okay, maybe it actually was, you know? Um, Jesus is referred to as a magician in Leviticon. Uh, but there's other bits where, you know, like the, the mud <coughs> the eyes, and the, you know, and the, there, there are other miracles and things that have a, that have a, a have a physical counterpart yeah. that remain. Yeah, in, uh, in right. And I don't know, maybe this is something specific that people would have recognized as a magical act? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like the, like the stories in the infancy Gospels. Yes. You know, the mud sparrows and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I certainly do like that Leviticon has Jesus being nicer. Yeah, he's less rude to his mom. He's, he's less rude to his mom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woman, what well, is that? Actually, that's me? the way I took it. That's yeah. absolutely the way I read it. Yeah. That there was all this nonsense about woman this and woman that, and yeah, it's not there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, uh, maybe, maybe that's making it more palatable to a particular audience that it was unseemly to have Jesus Christ ordered around by his mother, so they added a couple of phrases where he goes, "No, you don't. Don't you tell me what to do." Yes. Or, unseem well, no, or unseemly to have Christ kind of be a dink to his mothers. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You can well, but I mean, he's not. I mean, if you read <laughs> the, the way I read that, uh, the verse Sorry, three is. We're just going to clean you up here. Yeah. The, the way I read verse three. <laughs> His, his mother isn't ordering him to do anything. He just says, hey, you know they didn't there's have no any wine? wine? There's no more Can wine. Can you believe that there's no more wine? And, and he just says, no, I'll, I, I got this. It's very Jonah to know when we don't have enough wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And fitting that he was married. Okay, so. I, I wish we could talk about all these things for hours, but yeah. we, we got to go. Um, this is the scourge, scourging of the, the money changers in the temple. So he found... Uh, and he found in the temple, this is the King James, and he found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changes of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them out of the temple with the sheep, yada, yada, yada. Um, here is what, how it goes in Leviticon. This is very entertaining. And he found the sanctuary and those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers seated at their tables. And he reproached them for their impiety and he left that place and began to preach. The end. <laughs> he's it's much less exciting. He does not kick anybody's ass. And I don't have time for this. Yeah, he's like, dude. Hey, nobody got time for that. Cut it out. I'm out, I'm out of here. I got more important things to do. So this is the Jesus of the Leviticon as opposed to the Jesus of the canonical gospel, which that story in the canonical gospel always seems a bit out of place to me anyway. Yeah. You know why? Why is Jesus? I mean, I understand why he's trying Jesus to make points. Turn the other cheek and then he yeah. starts whipping. Right, with a knotted piece of rope, like he ties it's quite knots. Specific, in a rope. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically to hurt people, yeah. and I don't. I mean, that doesn't seem to me like the same message that Jesus was. Well, Jesus making. of Leviticon is Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian Jesus. I'll look at you very. He waggled his eyebrows at them and left to preach. <laughs> if we can rewind two seconds, if you can, if you can go up, yes. one of the things that's eliminated is is the you know the whole what we believe now or what people attach to it the you know the prophecy about his death and resurrection that's my hour is not yet come well, yes well just you know go, go oh sorry go 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 down a little further to the thing where he's talking about uh, out you go um you know but he spake of the temple of his body you know 46 years this temple building well they'll raise it up in in, in three days 
Um, that's that's yeah. a reference to what we take now to a reference to the resurrection, yes. which doesn't appear right here in the Leviticon. Right. right. So this is this is here, I think, for the sake of consistency with that. It's either it's either consistency with that, or it's to de-emphasize the physicality. Yes. Of, of, yeah. Well, okay, and that, uh, that's something that is interesting in the Leviticus that we'll talk a yeah. bit more about, too. Father, can you just sort of back yeah. up to the... Um, the, the further? So, no, 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 they're in the money changes. Which I should quickly note is consistent with the, the focus on the divine with the early community of the beloved disciple over the, over mm -hmm. the human. Mm -hmm. uh, two rows up, sorry. Um, something before. Sorry, can you get back up to the, to the wine pots? Um, <laughs> Which one is that one? Yeah, sorry, 2.6 is kind of, you haven't highlighted it, but it is kind of interesting. They make a point of saying in, in the canonicals that uh, they're water pots after the manner of the purifying of the Jews. Oh, you're right. Actually, two or three firkins apiece. Thank you for it, picking up that. I think that's just one I missed. It doesn't mention that in the Leviticus. You're right. I, I've always thought the wedding at Cana is interesting because it happens like a, a verse or something after the, the John baptizing in the river, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so we've got John baptizing in the river, and then we go to immediately to a, a piece of sketch comedy um, involving Jewish water purification, which is yeah. in some sense the same kind of ritual. Yeah. And Jesus saying, well, I'm not, okay, let's just not worry about the water thing. Let's just get drunk. Well, but over to the Mm -hmm. By saying, look at what I can do. Not only do I give wine, I give water. Right. So I take the, the Jewish water purification and I, and I double it. You know, I raise it. We're going to get through four chapters. True. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's great. I love it. And I wish we could do yeah. this all day. Um, uh, so in the canonicals, uh, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in feast day, many believed in his name, and he saw the miracles which he did, um, but Jesus did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men, and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Okay, and so the Leviticus says, and some of, the, some of them understood in teachings and believed in his name. Um, but Jesus, for his part, was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men. I interpret that as largely the same. And then in addition, he knew everything about them, and he possessed all the sciences. Nowhere in the canonicals, a very interesting addition. And then finally, he did not need anyone to testify concerning man because he himself knew everything there is to know about the outside and inside of man. All right, that may or may not be just something that got left out because eh, we get it, we get it. He knew that what was in man. Yeah. But although that would be unusual because the canonical does spend an awful lot of time telling you things that you kind of already get. Yes. Right. And with the, with the with the Gospel of John, the canonical Gospel of John, compared to the rest of the you know uh, you know the the synoptic Gospels, you know all this stuff happens to all this stuff happens to Jesus. Yeah. In the canonical Gospel of John, all this stuff happens to Jesus because Jesus is in control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is what and he knew all the time. Yeah. And yeah. He, you know and he knew this stuff. You know what I mean? That there's this kind of divine power thing that says, you know what, um, everything is going. It's, as I you know what I mean, and I, I, I think I think that you know I think the Leviticon combined with a, with you know in in the former portion this is just my interpretation mm -hmm. former portion is emphasizing the divine over the uh, or at least that kind of that sense whether it maybe not a divine power certainly certainly a knowledge or certainly uh, <coughs> uh, you know that Jesus is a badass yeah yeah uh, 
I would like actually to take a minute to talk about that word sciences. Do you have any thoughts on it as the translator? Um, it's, there's nothing I can say because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. But in a first and second century context, it wouldn't mean what we right. think of it as No, okay. no, it would mean any sort of like, um, how do you say that in English? Uh, the abilities? What was the exact word? Was it like cafe or what? In French? It, oh, it was in French, you're right. It was yeah. in ancient, I'm sorry. Mm. Okay. It was skills. to reflect, not now, but to reflect on what's that word in French used to, what are the Greek words that that French word is used to translate? And so there's probably a few Greek words. Technical ability. Technical ability, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Technique, technical knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He knew all the magic. Yeah, he knew all the magic. That's a yeah. magical reference. I in, think so. In that time period. I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, here's here's a, a few minor things. Um, oh, I don't think Okay, yeah. and Jesus answered and said unto them, uh, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Um, so it, this happens twice. It's born again versus born from above. And I, but I think other scholars have hashed this through significantly, that, that born from above is more accurate. But the, but, but the difference between the two is see and know. Yeah. You know but unless you're, unless you're born from above, unless you yeah, have okay. thing, Thank you. which I would like to do a transformation, um, you cannot know it. It's more than you cannot see it. You cannot know it. Uh, I can't do it. Okay. Mm. Yeah, so the funny thing is in the in the Greek, it depends what the Greek is. Because yeah. um, I mean, there's like oida in Greek means no, but it kind of means behold as well. Mm. So it's, 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 there's, a, there's a lot more fuzziness between seeing and knowing, I think, in Greek than the, sorry, Greek's very specific about several different kinds of knowing, but there's some of those kinds of knowing are about beholding something which can be seen in image. Okay. Right? Which, which in French would be uh, mm. Right. No. Like you know someone. So there wouldn't be a choice in French. Right. right. And, but to English, it's very clear to me that that means no. In a no, I know you. So it's a, I think it's an interesting difference, but it, it exposes the difficulty of trying to work yeah, out what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> but well, I like my version of that. But, it's, yeah. it's, it, but it, it, the French is uh, very specific. I mean, um, because there is a different, you know, savoir, which is a knowledge right. of, you know. Um, like Canon and, and Wissen in German, kind of. And to see, yeah, is completely different. Right. And wouldn't really work. But there's a, there's a sense in the, in the way some of this is used in Greek, Jeffrey, maybe I'm getting this wrong and maybe you can correct me, but I, I get the sense sometimes that um, with oida and ido <coughs> in Greek, that it's kind of, it's, it's knowledge, but it's a knowledge of something regarded internally, like it's the re receiving an inner uh -huh. image and knowing something. It's not a technical kind of knowledge because I know how to do it. Right. It's not just an experience I've had, but it's something I've kind of received and I know it from the seeing, kind of. But it's an internal seeing, not an external seeing. But for me, um, looking at it from the English to the French, I see that no matter how you boil that down, because mm -hmm. I did actually look at 
in Greek translations. Okay. Just so that I could understand sometimes if it was different. Um, and it's very clear to me that that's, uh, well, I'm not going to say intentional, but it's clearly what, what was going on in terms of not so much the Levitic, what the Leviticon is saying, but that the English is incorrect. Yep. Because to see the kingdom of God implies this kind of supernatural movement where you enter the kingdom of God. In other words, if you don't do this, you're not going to go to heaven. Right. You're not going to see paradise. Yeah. That's what. Th that's my understanding of it. Growing up as a totally, you know? right. So from the mainstream point of view. Yeah. Well, um, so whether it, whether or not it's it's um, accurate from the Greek to the French, it's totally not accurate. Yeah. Connotation in English. So right. Completely. It's a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that kind of segues to my point about the next difference. Um, and no man, no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And I'm going to skip down to 17 also because it's related. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world might be saved through him. So here we're talking in the, in the Leviticon, no one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Mm -hmm. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved by him. So there's two things that I want to point out in each of these things. So... No one has ascended in the ascent and descent, right? Right. Um, and I, this is my thing at the moment because I'm studying it, but um, the, the idea of an, of an ascent vision experience that was, I think, central to classical Gnosticism, at least in a lot of its forms, that you would have a, a visionary experience very much in keeping with uh, apocalyptic Judaism, with, uh, um, which would become Mark of the Mysticism, the Egyptian Book of the Dead, uh, Hermetic, sense uh, workings of that, that would have been practiced at the time. Um, but the, so that's the one thing I wanted to mention. The second theurgy. thing, theurgy, absolutely, theurgy. So the, the second thing I wanted to mention was um, even the Son of Man which is in heaven, and then in this one, just colon, the Son of Man. I, I don't necessarily know if that's worth talking about, but just think. Okay, so the reason why I think it's related to the next paragraph is so God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved by him. In the canonicals, it's through him the world might be saved, and it's by him in this paragraph. Again, probably some nitpicky thing. That, can be, yeah, that might have been just yeah. words. You yeah. know what I mean? Stuff that's the economy of words. Prepositions are hard. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, 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 they're very difficult. Yeah. yeah. To, yeah. Okay. Especially English to French. Yeah. Right, so, so let's move on. Oh, unless anybody has any Sorry, uh, going up to the, to the being born again, that, that's a very interesting difference actually because he's, he's, he keeps emphasizing being born from above, right? And he's, he's not making, in Greek there's a pun on being born again and born from above, and that seems to be lacking in, I mean, you can't tell if you don't have the Greek, I don't speak Greek, but um, that's why Nicodemus isn't understanding him. But yeah, no, no. There's, there are, yeah, there are lots of scholars who have done that a lot of, a lot of service. So but I, I don't want to spend a lot. Oh, of time. sorry. But is that missing from the Leviticus? Is he just emphasizing born from above? Because well, that, that's, that's as how opposed to born again. Born anew or born again? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that I think that the canonicals are translating it wrong. Is, is my point. I think it's supposed to be born from above. Okay. Which is really interesting because that means that whoever that's actually really important. This, yeah, yeah. Because that means that it, it implies that it that the predates same. that translation, that correct translation, 
predates the, the modern scholarship, the yeah. contemporary scholarship that right. has come to that conclusion. That's yeah. why I just jumped right out. Yeah, yeah. 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 that is why we I shouldn't have skipped that. Yeah, that's okay. like that's huge. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's another one of the reasons why I assume this so is a pre-redacted version of. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, in the canonical, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. And in the Leviticon, for everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. So, reproved versus exposed. Yeah. Thoughts? I think, well, exposed is nicer. Sure. Because that's what light does. Mm -hmm. Less judgy. Yeah. Less, less judgy, which, yeah. you know, which we like. Yeah. yeah. More Canadian Jesus. More Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's also that's also closer to the um, to the, the synoptics, where everything that is hidden will be will be brought to light mm -hmm. instead of instead of the the yeah. of judge, which, which again could also indicate that it's, it's earlier it's earlier version. So. I also like it because it's not. You mentioned at lunch, you know, God the Father is scolding old man. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, in my conception of sin and wrongdoing, it's sort of self-punishing. So there's no need for reproval. While we're, we're exposing it, it's you, done. Yeah, you're aware of it now. You mm -hmm. can do something about it or not. That's up to you. So I think yeah. that's a very critical difference between the two. Okay, and again, okay, here's where we get into the parentheticals that have been added later, in my opinion. Added later for expo for explanatory purposes. So wherefore the it's even in parentheses. It's sorry. in parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> so when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees. Uh, okay, we don't have to necessarily talk about it. So although uh, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. So that seems to be saying the implication that Jesus baptized. Implication is that Jesus baptizing. And uh, here it is. Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John. And then the next verse in the canonicals is. Yeah, but Jesus wasn't making or baptizing any more disciples. Well, yeah, the canonical thing is, you know, Jesus baptized, just kidding, who gives this about? Yeah, exactly. So that seems to be a an explanatory redaction. Uh, I don't know why that would have necessarily been important. Is it to distance himself from the Baptist cults who were, you know, or to perhaps give validation to <clears throat> the line of ascension for allowing priests to baptize? Okay. Maybe the audience. Yeah, also like yeah. yeah. disciples. Okay. I remember right, I could be wrong, I'm pretty sure he wasn't rebaptized, but confirmed. Gentleman in Acts that is 
is, uh, you know, confirmed, receives the Holy Spirit from one of the apostles, having previously received the baptism from the disciples of John. Mm -hmm. So there is stuff going on, you know, from, from you know, uh, but but I'm, I'm, I mean, what I mean for Jesus, I don't know. Well, I mean, we could was talk it, about was it the custom. We could talk about uh, mikvahs and Jewish ritual purity. You know, apocalypse of Jewish ritual purity. Yeah, I'm not questioning that that baptism was uh, around for John. I'm just saying, is there a specific mention of of him conferring his? Oh, not that specific. No. Yeah, because that seems pretty specific to me. And people that write things without reason, I don't. Yeah, it's confusing to me. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. Um, for salvation is of the Jews, or for salvation is from the doctrine of the Jews, and this is in parentheses. And I thought, do you do you remember you know, if, if you had a thought of why that might be in parentheses? Um, it was definitely not an addition, so it's difficult for me to tell you. Yeah. It, as far the way I read it, it was part of the text. Yeah. But I think it's just trying to clarify. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of what I thought. Because because well. a, you could read it either quick, way, and it would make mean basically the same as a, thing. As a quick, um, you know, historical note, you get a lot of things that you know that, that John is the most anti-Jewish gospel. But the the conflicts that are represented between the Christians and the Jews in the Gospel of John didn't actually happen in the time in which the gospel supposedly took place. Right. So those were interjected yep. later the, in terms of legitimizing a later struggle, you know, by, uh, you know, 70 to 100 years kind of thing, as, as, as Brown goes into to say that, you know, somebody's essentially legitimized their, you know, struggle by placing it in the mouth of Jesus. And uh, so, you know, you obviously have, you know, you obviously, you know, have followers or people connected to that tradition that are anti-Jewish, but it wasn't at the time, you know, because, the, you know, the boot from the synagogue didn't happen right. later and so on and so right. forth. And so uh, I think this is Canadian Jesus strikes again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you have a, you know, where, you know, where you have, where, where you have, where you have on one side, it's like, yeah, Jesus we're, we're saving you from those nasty people, <laughs> as opposed to we're protecting you from the things that which with we disagree. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, not, not the people themselves. Yeah. yeah. All right. The woman saith unto him, I know that the Messiah cometh, that Messiah cometh. I think that's a typo there in uh, or in the online version, confusing, which is called Christ. Uh, when he has come, he will tell us all things. In the Leviticon, when he, when he comes, he will call all to him. I think that's a pretty distinct difference. Um, the one is very passive and receptive, and the other is, you know, let's all get together. And, uh, any thoughts on that? Kind of a top-down hierarchy versus a group hierarchy. All right. Say that out loud. Yeah. I think to call, that's the root for ecclesia. So they, they to Is call it? for a gathering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he will institute a church. <laughs> Versus he will tell them. It's well, ecclesia is assembly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Word, word for their explanation. Okay. There's something about being the call, though. What's the Greek for call? The, 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 the um, about calling all the time. Something about being called. Mm, doesn't matter. Keep going. Carry on. 
this one, I think uh, 45 is a minor change. Um, the Galileans received him, having seen the things that he did in Jerusalem uh, at the feast. They also went unto the feast. So, received him versus they also for they also went unto the feast. I maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's one of those, you're clearly an idiot, I need to spell this out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he made water into wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. Uh, therefore, he came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water into wine, and there was a military official whose son was sick at Capernaum. I think I just picked out military official versus nobleman. I think that that's a cosmetic difference and not very important. Any thoughts on that? And then here's something that is very much missing uh, in the Leviticon. The, the nobleman said to him, so on and so forth, all the way down through. This again was the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea to Galilee. Uh, the miracle itself is missing, <coughs> um, or the uh, conversation rather that happens surrounding the miracle is missing. Uh, um, basically, he just says, I go so that your son lived, Miracle implied. Well, this is the second sign that Jesus. What's missing is the connection with faith and the man and believe. Yes, absolutely. Right, right. That, you know what I mean? Just like, I don't need any of that. It's already done. Yeah, yeah. Independent of whether, independent of whether or not you believe it, it's done. Yep. And uh, you know, which I think goes back to badass Jesus. But so Canadian badass Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting this really strong visual of Jesus in a Nazi MP outfit somehow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, let's move on. We made it to five. <clears throat> um, okay, the uh, sixth person going down into the pool at Bethesda. Um, all right, so the, the major difference here in the, in the beginning is waiting for the moving of the water is not there. Um, so implying that in the canonical there is only a specific time when healing will occur, but in the Leviticon that healing can occur whenever. Um, or, or it might just be the canonical adds something which everybody knows. Possibly, yeah. But that's, yeah. The, that's the given custom that somebody from outside Judea would yeah. have known that, so they've added it for explanation. Well, this thing where they've got the angel of the Lord went down, and you know, this is kind of an explanation about what people, you know, what people believed about that particular pool and what they believed would happen. And, and so this miracle saying, no, this is something not connected to that. This is once again Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Of, of his own power. Right. As opposed to of his own power. Oh, and by the way, there's this thing. Yeah. I don't know. I could be reading too much into it, but well, it seems that there's a disassociation from the previous. Yes. Like that the, the pool itself is irrelevant in this. In yeah. The yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Um, so the, the pool, kind of the healing part of the pool is gone. Um, his infirmity in the canonicals is uh, 38 years. In, in the Leviticon, it's many days. Uh, I don't know if I know what that, I have that was, feels like. It was an exaggeration. That's kind of what I'm thinking, yeah. that there was that this story, like a telephone game got exaggerated over time. Like, oh, many days. Well, he would probably just have the sniffles, but... 38 years, now that's a miracle. That's something to write home about. Um, the sick man answered and said, I have no man to put me in the pool. Okay, so the impotent man answered, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled. Again, that bit about the water being troubled. Um, and then Jesus says, pick up your cot and walk, and so on and so forth. And that's 
I think there's a lot of stuff in that little place. I'm sure there is. Yeah. I could be healed record. if yeah. only I could get into the pool. No, you're healed now. Right. Yeah. Yep. And also the place, because that water comes directly out of from underneath the Temple Mount. Oh, okay. Interesting. And there are five porticos. I mean, it's just full. I mean, if you like this kind of stuff, it's like mm -hmm. full of all kinds of interesting little tidbits. And all that continuing water symbolism throughout the whole temple. Yeah. 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 I think, um, I mean, those editions, let's just come right out and say, those editions in the canonicals, <laughs> they just seem like background that someone that isn't familiar with the situation wouldn't have. It seems to be. Why is this guy there? The author gets what, paid what's by What's this word. guy doing in Bethesda? What's yeah. he doing lying near a pool? Why are all these people near the pool? It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. And it's added in the canonicals yeah. so that it's got, you've got some context as an outsider to understand what the hell's going on. But sure. I, I think that makes well, sense. Well, it could be, the, yeah, the connection and the thing where, you know, it's it's not written to a Jewish audience, so so um, you know geographical and cultural things are being explained to because that's not that's what I'm saying. That's not the reader's thing. Okay, uh, the sixth gospel, the uh, feeding of the multitude with the loaves and fishes. Um, let's take this as a whole, okay? Um, and here's another, I think, uh, additional for explanation. Um, and he said to prove him, for he knew himself what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 shillings worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that everyone may take a little. So, again, in the canonicals saying, you know, it doesn't exist in the Leviticon. It was added in, in the canonical to further explain why this was important. Um, but here's verse 6 is, is what shows up all throughout the Gospel of John, which does not show up in Leviticus, at least not in the volume that shows up in the Gospel of John. And he said this to prove him, for he knew, for he himself knew what he would do. There's all these times when Jesus says something, but then the Gospel says, yeah, but Jesus already knew the answer to that because he's Jesus and he's awesome. Does not exist in Leviticus, right? So this is my argument for the lower Christology of the Leviticus, um, with maybe a higher Christology painted over the top of it. Um, these these um, canonical editions specifically point to a high Christology. Every single time this happens, it's a it's a to, to, it's an to, omniscient to, Jesus. To established one. Why is yeah. it an established fact? And why would you bother mentioning it if anybody if everybody already? Yeah, I think that's a bit more of a stretch because no, but there's, a, there's a distinction between high Christology and sort of a a Judaizer kind of high Christology. Okay. And what I see over and over again as an explanation to people, but also a justification of his lineage, you could say, and how he fits into the Messiah's role. Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying, you know, it sounds to me like, this is just my opinion, but when you read it, it goes over and over again in your head, hmm, this is a person who's saying, you know what, I represent, the anointed is the Christ, is the it is the Messiah sort of you know mm -hmm. I'm not going to talk to you in your language this is what this is what the, the meaning of it is but it does it sounds like there's they're trying to in the canonical versions trying to justify um, and tie him into those things you know so it's he becomes a coincidence yeah, it's not a coincidence this, this regular guy you see, you know, in this regular fashion is connected to this regular thing is the Christ as opposed <coughs> to the Christ stop it, you know, 
on the other angle, you know, it's not regular at all. I guess. Um, I mean, I, I see the thing about the, you know, about the low Christology kind of thing, but I don't, I don't know. I guess it's my 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 gut. You know, I go I go in the I go in the direction that it's already uh, established. I, I I can't see how that could be. Um, Well, the, the, okay, the, the, the canonical version is disambiguating. Maybe the, if you say the canonical is disambiguating an ambiguous Christology to be high. Okay. Rather than the, the Leviticon has a low Christology, the Leviticon has an ambiguous Christology. It doesn't. But it's so simple and, and just perfectly simple in Leviticon. Jesus asked Philip, where are we going to get some bread? And Philip says, there's a guy over there with some, some loaves and some fish. And that's it. Jesus says, perfect, let's get some of that. Exactly. <laughs> and, and it doesn't need the rest of it, and the fact that the rest of it is there, the only reason for that addition is to prove that Jesus is omniscient and doesn't need to have a conversation <coughs> with Philip in the first place. Right. I just think... I just think just he must have been bored the entire time. Right? <laughs> Don't even say that. I already know what you're going to yeah. say. <laughs> right? So well, it also kind of points to the idea on the first line, on line six, that you, they suppose they knew what Jesus was thinking, whereas the Leviticon just kind of focuses on what he did and what he said as opposed to what he was in, you know. Yeah, well, right, exactly. And that, that speaks to my point that, you know, the, the church fathers who redacted the gospel needed to say this Jesus we know this Jesus was omniscient, but we need to make sure everybody else knows, and so we're going to add this in. But it wasn't the church fathers who were, who were first jumping to the omniscient part. Okay. Right? Yeah. It was the, you know, there, there were compromises later between the quote, great church, you yeah. know, the proto-Orthodox, and the thing, I mean, it was, you know, it was the quote, unquote, the bad guys. Yeah, I, I know, so I'm, I'm yeah. using a shorthand, yeah, forgive yeah. me, yeah. Um, but okay. verse 10 is clearly a you're an idiot, I need to spell it out for you moment. Yeah. How did they, but how did we get from the getting the fish to the feeding them? What, where did the, where were the people and what were they doing? And then? that's what the rest of it is, I think. So, um, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in this place. Uh, so the men sat down in the 5,000. Okay, so there were 5,000 people. The Leviticon doesn't specify that. The canonical, again, explain it. Like to add some, and it also clearly likes to add a bit of hyperbole. Exactly. It, hyperbole is there weren't just 10 people, people. Yeah. There was 5,000. Okay. So it was like a real miracle. Yeah. So gather up the uh, fragments that remain so that nothing will be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Uh, the Leviticus says, when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the crumbs so that nothing will be lost. So they did it. <laughs> okay. But in addition, and they distributed them to the poor, and they admitted the love of Jesus for them. And they admired the love of Jesus for, Jesus for them and said among themselves, if he was our master, we would always eat. I just think that's lovely. Yeah. Where is it in the canonical? Well, that, yeah. that implies, the canonicals are always emphasizing that people follow because of faith and belief, uh -huh. because he provides them with a sign. This is providing uh, an alternative and very confusing possibility that maybe some people followed Jesus because he fed them. Yeah, because they were poor. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, but a very practical kind of love, yeah. right? Social justice, Jesus. 
Well, no, they, yeah. They admired <laughs> the love of Jesus for them. They admired the love of Jesus for them. Yeah. You know, so that Jesus loved all these people, and they thought, wow, isn't that nice? Let's hang out with this guy. Okay. Yeah. But then the next, uh, the next line. What's Leviticon Jesus? Yeah. The next line that does not exist in the Leviticon, then those men, when they had seen the miracles that Jesus did, this is of a truth that the prophets had come into the world. So I think that what so they did. they're contraries, really, aren't they? Yes. So they, they said, I don't like that line. Let's write another one in his place. Yeah. And that's what happened. In my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I am not a scholar. I am making wild. Well, it's also to. Uh, it's also to take out her. It's also to take out her difference. In my opinion, that, you know, we're not talking about prophets. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. That can also be seen as an explanatory. Again, being like, "Hey, tell me this is what this means, right?" And then slapping. Okay. Then the walking on the water. Is that what this is? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, and the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I, be not afraid. All right, let's stop there um, and go back uh, to the Leviticon. A, a great wind blew up, and the sea began to be stirred up. And when they had rowed about twenty-five or thirty stadia, whatever, and they saw Jesus coming on the sea and drawing near to the boat, and the storm became stronger, uh, seeming addition, and he said to them, Do not be afraid. Coming to them versus walking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, drawing near to the boat. I think that, I think that, that still implies walking on the water. Water wing, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> drawing near to the boat. I think maybe that is another case where the canonicals added more as explanatory. It's kind of it's kind of weird because with the, the phrasing that that you've got in verse nineteen, he drew nigh into the ship and they were afraid. Yeah. Um, obvious conclusion: they were afraid because he was drawing nigh into the ship. Yes. And then he says. It, Guys, it's only me. Don't be afraid. The yeah. Leviticon's a completely different story. He yeah. was near into the boat and the storm becomes stronger and he says, don't be afraid of, of the, the storm. storm. Yes, but I think so. But is there a relationship to his coming close and, and the, the storm, storm becoming strong? Oh. That's a possibility as well. Bram Stoker Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Tasmanian devil Jesus. Okay, let's <laughs> how do we know? Yeah, that's a storm god, right? How do we know that the Leviticon isn't not yeah, saying that he's walking on the water? You don't no, know I, that. That's I don't think, thing. right. That's the interesting thing, so I don't think anywhere there isn't a place that you couldn't. What if it's a storm theophany? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I still think that the, the implication is he's walking on the water. Um, although, actually. But you'd only get, make that assumption that's true. if you'd seen the other well, person. Coming on the sea, I mean, he could be walking a surfboat. Or he could be in his own boat. I mean, I guess yeah. in the yeah. meaning of this, he ah. could be in his own boat. Right. Yeah, he's, I see what he's saying. He, right. He's okay. just drawing near to the boat. It doesn't say how he's doing. So I guess okay. So he's a Valkyrie. Well, let's speculate for a minute. Let's speculate. Oh, Hermes. Hold on, hold on. Let's speculate for a minute and assume that the Leviticon is the original, and the, the canonicals are uh, redacted. Um, and read it again. A great wind blew up, and the sea began to stir up. And when they had rowed about twenty-five or thirty stadia, they saw Jesus coming out of the sea, coming on the sea, and drawing near the boat. And the storm became stronger. But he said to them, "Do not be afraid." So they were willing to receive him into the boat. And then the boat was at the land. Uh, you're you're right. There's nothing in there that says anything about, you know. It could have been flying for that matter. It could have been, but I think the logical assumption, if you were reading that with no other context, is he came up to them in another boat. Yeah. And it's weird. And it's coming out of the sea and drawing near the boat. And the storm became stronger. And he said to him, 
Do not be afraid to spin on my back. It's just tied on. <laughs> you had us go in there for a second, Lord, said the which, disciples. Which I think that reading of, a, of just a regular old meeting on the sea is bared out by the fact that the next two verses are missing. The following day, which the people stood on either side saw that there was no other boat there. Okay, and then... How, and then a parenthetical, how be it there came the other boats from Tiberias nigh into the place where he did not eat bread and the Lord had given thanks, whatever. So, also missing. Um, and then a change in the next verse, when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, and they also took shipping and came, they also took shipping, yeah, and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And Leviticon says, and the next day those who Jesus had fed and those who had seen him on the sea got in their boats and went to find Jesus at Capernaum. So, there's nothing about Jesus not being there. Um, I, I don't know why that was, I, I, I don't have a sense of why that might have been added. And then the next verse, missing in Leviticon, or not present in Leviticon. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? So the narrative that's happening in Leviticon is Jesus goes out to the boat somehow, tells them to calm the fuck down, and gets in the boat with them, and they go back to the shore. Uh, the next day, the people who we'll he had just fed, no, I'll leave it in. <laughs> the next day, the people who Jesus fed, uh, you know, the multitude, um, came out, to, got in their boats, and went to find him. And then he, they found him, and he started talking. And in truth, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, uh, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Which, you know, so it, it seems like. Yeah, you seek me because you fit. Right. So this seems, I think, now, because I haven't really thought critically about this particular passage, but this seems to be an instance where a miracle was either excised or added on later. Right. Diminished. Yeah. It's, it feels to me a lot like canonizing a saint. Like, we're going to count these, so make sure that this is fully explained that we can count this as a miracle. Yes. Right. It's bigger yes. than you thought. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, yeah. when you thought maybe you're maybe it's just, we're going to spell it right out for you. Yeah. I, I read it exactly the opposite of everybody else. I see it as clearly him walking on the water, and the redactor is just, um, needs to put in details. details. Needs of pushing in the details. It's just, okay. it just obvious he's walking on the water. You don't have to say anything else to pass. Well, but that, that next phrase about there being no other boat, and it's specifically, now well, I guess I could still, yeah, all right. I, I'm suddenly, I'm having a, a conversion experience because it's, like, like to me, this this is obviously an earlier version of the uh, of the Gospel of John, because it's it's the I, I hope that isn't my bias when yeah. I went through and highlighted these things, but what, I tried to be objective. Oh, sorry. That? Sorry. Can you repeat that? I said I'm having a conversion experience because I, I I'm seeing this is obviously an earlier version of, of the Gospel of John, because of the Book of Signs. When, when, when the editor of the Gospel of John, right, he, he has the book of signs, which is probably just a list of miracles, which is probably something like Jesus walked on water. And the, the editor, he has this, this list, this very basic document, and he's sticking it into the Gospel of John. If he just has the line, Jesus walked on water, when he's putting it in, he's going to have to have... When could that have happened? Oh, there's this bit where he crosses the sea. Exactly. Right. That must have been it. So if all this explanatory material is, is missing, right, when, when, when the editor... Like, yeah, um, I, I'm just, I'm just seeing like this is, and that's where you get your theology on. Yeah, and that's where you start proving points. Yeah, there's a really, I mean, it's, it's a, the Leviticon narrative. It's just such a, it's a, it's a lovely wisdom teacher story, right? Yeah. Like, 
he feeds the people out of compassion. The people say, wow, he's got a lot of love for us and he fed us. Yeah. Then they follow him and then he says, okay, let's be honest, you're following me because I fed you, right? Yeah. So, yeah. all right, don't, okay, food perishes. Yeah. Food's good, we all like food, but yeah. food perishes, right? And uh, yeah, but the food which endures, but for, the food for, which endures life. for eternal life. And then he runs away into a sea storm and hides. That is after the season. <laughs> yeah. Is up. He yeah. runs away from the so he runs away so that they don't have more food. He feeds the, the loaves and fishes as an outreach event, and then he brings everybody in and he actually starts teaching. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's lovely. It's just, it's just beautifully simple. It's really Okay, here's another addition. Well, I think you missed too much though. Uh, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, sorry. All right. Um, yeah, here we go. Um, and they said, is this not, the, is, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, murmur not amongst yourselves. So the, everybody agrees that's what's happening. And it happens in Leviticus too. In addition, they ask, is it because he lived with the Greeks that he has come thus to converse with us? What is there in common with what he has learned from the Egyptians and that which our father taught us? Right? Okay. Uh, to quote Mar Thomas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then he said, do not grumble. Yeah. <laughs> he said, do not grumble among yourselves. Um, Tony Dicks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is foundational to what has become the Masonic view of uh -huh. the Leviticon and the Joanites generally. Um, there's one well, two sentences. These two sentences, essentially just the one about the Egyptians, because they don't really mention the Greeks. Because um, supposedly the Greeks were... Greco-Egyptians. Yeah, well, well, sure. Oh, they do mention... Oh, the, you mean in the... In that particular point that Jesus was a silent initiate. So this is the telephone game that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. That this line, yes, somebody probably picked that out when they read the Leviticon and went, whoa! Which I did. And, <laughs> and then said, well, let's think about this, and probably did, in, in retrospect, the exact same thing that the canonical redactor did with the other things, and just added more stuff on that, mm -hmm. except that the canonical redactor says, oh, jeez, we can't have that. For whatever reason, I don't necessarily understand the, the politics of it at the time, but for some reason, that's in the Leviticon, and it's not in, in the canonical. Well, well, it detracts from the idea. Remember your theory that they were trying to prove that he's omniscient and not all-knowing? Yes. Okay, well, in the Leviticum, he, would he went away to college and came back yeah. with new stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. right. Good point. Right from and that is, that is very much the sort of orthodox view of, of Christ, that he kind of, you know, he, he just sort of appears suddenly with everything fully formed. Yes. Kabam, and just starts teaching. It's also, Donald, you were saying before about... Uh, the Messiah stuff, some of the Messiah text in the canonical, is partly about sort of saying, well, you know, there's this whole stream of prophecy that comes down from the prophets, and it's pointed to this exact moment, and this is the guy who was standing in the play. Look, he's in the line of David, and there's all this stuff, and this says that he's. Whereas that's that's a that's a bit of a left-hand turn, you know, implying that he might have actually learned something that's not a, a, a pure download from from Jewish history, Hebrew history, at this moment. It strikes me that, like, you know, if you read enough about the period generally, it's clear the Mediterranean was just absolutely rotten with con men, prestidigitators, sure. you know, pharmacopoeia. And I, I think that at some point, if you wanted to make it with the people who didn't care too much about the teaching, you'd want to make sure you could compete. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we can.